the Greek soccer show. And I'm back for another one. Just as the police or the fire truck is outside. Great fucking timing. All right. <clears throat> so uh, we got a packed show today because there's a lot to talk about. I want to, like I said, I'm going to talk about a couple of other leagues since people asked, but only like main games. Um, I'm going to get to the, the derby match that happened in Greece um, in a minute. First, I just want to touch on something because I was watching the uh, Man United Arsenal game, and I know a lot of people were. And some people said, oh, you know, it's a, it's a derby match, and they're two great teams, so it ended 1-1. That makes sense. And I'd like to tell you why you're wrong. It, it really isn't what you think. It's not Man United and Arsenal of the past. That doesn't exist anymore. They're not the teams they were. But like, I think that's the weakest Arsenal squad, if you look at it on paper, that I've seen in years. And they weren't facing a particularly good Manchester United squad either. These are... It's the changing of the times. It's not. It's not a matter. People think they're not throwing money. They still. Have, these teams still have big, big money. The issue isn't that. The issue is that years ago, the um, the mainstay players would kind of revolve around two leagues, and for a couple of years, it was mainly one league. It was the English league that had the biggest names on the planet. Now it's divided. You have big names, not every team, but you have big names in England. You have big teams in Spain, so you have big players playing in Spain. You have players also playing in Portugal. That are very good. You have players playing in Italy. I mean, one of the best in the world, Cristiano Ronaldo, plays for Juventus right now. So that splits it up. Russia has big names too. So the, the big players are no longer in one league. And I'm not saying that excuses the, the squads that are being put out there. It definitely doesn't. It's just there's a reason why, um, you know, Germany, I forgot to mention Germany. Germany has big players too. So a lot of leagues... I'm saying this as I'm watching. I'm a little distracted. I'm watching currently the Europa League matchup between Sevilla and Apoel. And Apoel is currently one nothing down. Let's see how that ends. Um, so, yeah. So, I predicted a uh, goalless draw. It turned into 1-1. The uh, Manchester United Arsenal. So, I'm surprised that they, they even scored. That's how much that shocked me. All right. So, let's get to the Greek League. And then we'll touch on the uh, Champions League. And some other surprise stuff that happened uh, over the week. So, on in the Greek League. The stuff I said was going to happen is actually still happening. I thought it would end by now, but the surprise uh, results are great. It's going to keep us uh, in suspense for a couple of months to come here, which is amazing. And games like Larissa Aris. Aris at home losing 3-2 after being 2 nothing up against Larissa. Uh, I'm not saying I'm happy they lost. I just mean that the suspense and the tension in these games is amazing. Uh, especially when they were up early 2 nothing, you'd think it's over. They're at home, Aris, they're coming off a big 2-2 tie against rivals Pauk in the two by this is, and this is going to go their way, they're going to close this one out. They didn't. They didn't close it out. And it ended 3-2 in favor of Larissa. Atromitos beating Pantolikos 2 nothing. Another surprise. Pantolikos has been playing good. I don't know how they, but Atromitos is a good team. Atromitos is a very good team. And uh, Olbiaco did their job against Lamia. We we knew that uh, they're not going to let a repeat happen of, you know, the last Greek Cup, uh, where Lamia was able to take them out, based on some solid defense. Now another surprise is Ofi. Ofi still on fire. They took out Astera Tripoli three one. Uh, the Cretan boys, Crete is on fire. They're they're playing hard, and they're winning. So I'm proud of them. And, uh, you know, Panathinaiko also beat Panione, I believe, one nothing away, which was, uh, again, another... Well, I don't know, Panione has been having a bad season. 
So, and Panathinaikos is obviously not at their best, but in this league, they find ways to win. I mean, this league, the reason why the league is down to 14 teams is just, you know, in an effort to make it more competitive between the first and last team. And at least there's still some surprise results. But what wasn't a surprise was on Sunday, the derby match. Aikpauk in Athens. It was not a surprise that it was such a heated venue. A lot of people showed up. It was a f- it was fun to watch, I guess. Uh, there was a lot of good moments. Now, the first half was definitely a very, very bad half for Ike. Not only were they down one nothing, they should have been down more. Uh, they just weren't playing well. They looked a little disorganized out there. A couple of changes in the second half picked up the game, but also a lot of weird, weird calls happened. So... Ike scored three goals but ended up tying 2-2, which is what I'm referring to. The initial second goal that went in off uh, Madalo that they called offside uh, definitely looked like uh, you could call it offside when you look at the replay. Problem was, we found out after the game, the replay the uh, ref was looking at and the replay they showed us only showed half the picture. Uh, When you actually looked at the full field, you noticed that it was not offside because a player, I believe it was Limnios, who was playing the wall during that free kick, was actually covering Madalos. So it should have counted. So I should have ended that one 3-2 if you go by that. But it was fun to watch uh, Deletic score his first goal and actually get the chance to play. We got him and he never plays. It was good to see some, like, Limnios on uh, for Pauk just showing that there's still some young Greek players with a lot of hustle and that they could play hard. Uh, overall, if you're watching that and you're not really a fan of either team, that's a fun game to watch. Right, some calls didn't go the way they should. You know, um, you'd want to maybe I don't know. What do you do in that case? Like, look, a lot of stuff happens uh, in a soccer game. It sucks, but here's what sucks. What sucks is when a play goes to review on the VAR and the angle given. We don't even have goal line technology in Greece, so the angle given isn't even proper. That that kind of stuff, that kind of, you know, if we're going to go to a review, we, we're assuming you're going to have all the information you need to make the proper call. So when that doesn't even happen, you know, what's the, why are you stressing us all out with these video reviews? Anyway, now it's kind of, it would have been good if Ike wins, uh, but at least it's tight. The top of, the top half of the league is actually tight so far. And I want to touch on one thing because this week coming up, Aris and um, Olibiaco are going head-to-head, I believe. And from what I understand, I mean, we'll get to the Olibiaco thing. It ties into their Champions League game. So for those of you that are not aware, Olibiaco is the only Greek team playing in Europe right now. And their Champions League game against their sister club, Red Star Belgrade, uh, in they were in Belgrade for this matchup. It started off well when their best player, like I've said before, the season so far, Semedo, uh, scored a nice goal off the free kick. The goalie was kind of between two worlds. He's like, is he passing? Is he shooting? He went for the pass. It ended up going off the goalie and in. Nice little one nothing. But then the team kind of collapsed. The The lack of experienced players that were playing on the field um, kind of gave a lot of openings. They ended up falling 3-1. Semedo was missing these headers. It, it, it was weird. It, it, w- w- the way they went down was embarrassing, and I know that it must have it must have pissed off Olbeco fans. People were upset about the rotation. I don't think the rotation was the problem. I mean, he did have to switch up a couple of players. Now, here's the thing. I waited a couple of days before releasing this because I wanted to get all the news from Greece, see what's happening, what kind of information do we have from within the clubs. And the one thing I heard, which is something that really bugs me, and it's not just Olibiaco that does this. It's just that in this case, it's the most prominently 
uh, known case of this just because they're playing in Europe right now. But I guarantee you, if the other teams were playing, similar situations would occur. And what I'm referring to is um, the club president, Mighty Nikes, who apparently went to the coach after last weekend's, actually the week before, not even the week that just passed, their tie against Panathinaiko. If you remember, the uh, the big derby of the eternal enemies, the eternal rivals in, in Athens. Now, Panathinaiko is at their worst state as a club that they've been in 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 memory, in recent memory. I can't even recall them fielding this kind of a team. You know, they're normally a powerhouse in Greek soccer. But, you know, because of financial troubles, there's a lot of reasons why they're in the hole that they're in, which kind of sucks for Greek soccer. You want these historic teams doing well. I've said this before, but I digress. So he was upset that they tied. And he said, you can't even beat that team. And apparently he told him, listen, next week, if you don't win, pack up your bags. You're not going to be behind the bench anymore. And... What the general consensus is, is that that kind of scared him. And he forced a rotation on certain positions that he wouldn't have done so necessarily since the players weren't really that tired. It's still early on in the season. But he did it to be safe to keep people injury-free and healthy for the game this weekend because his job was on the line. Now, how much of that is true? It's definitely something we've seen in the Greek League before. And many leagues, it's just you, you got to let the coach coach. You got to let the manager manage. That's why you hired him. You can't go in there and say this because there's so many reasons why you don't win a game or you lose a game or you win a game. There are so many reasons why, so many factors, some out of your control. Um, even if he fielded the best players, if they weren't playing up to par, if they weren't into it. I mean, they were playing at the Olympic Stadium in Athens and honestly, if that place isn't full, you don't, you don't really feel the heat. You know, it's not, it doesn't really give you an energy boost. It's not like... Uh, like when you're playing at the Karaiskaiki, if you're playing at any, you know, the tuba, if you're playing where there's a lot of fans, even if it's rival fans in front of you. Anyways, I'm not making excuses for the Olympiaco players. I mean, they particularly didn't play well that game. That game, to be honest, Panathinaiko played way better. And that's not saying much because Olympiaco played like garbage. All this to say, people freaked out because now Olympiaco is in a very difficult difficult position because at least they would have been able to slowly step into securing that third spot which is their plan right the the, the main goal is to secure at least th third place so that no matter what happens you continue playing in Europe you're going to the Europa League and with any luck you might even be able to steal second place second place now did they get too cocky I think fans did I think a lot of the local media that supports Olbiaco said something very stupid they were looking at a possible Tottenham win this week over Bayern Munich, which we'll get to in a second, but that sure as hell didn't happen. And uh, Olympiaco winning and pushing Olympiaco to second place, maybe first. And they were talking about stealing the group, which after one match day is a stupid, stupid thing to say in a group where you are sure as hell not favored. Third place would have been a gimme, but not anything higher than that. And that's what they were talking about. And what ended up happening was even Tottenham at home fell to Bayern Munich 7-2. 7-2. These are two European clubs, big clubs. The one obviously bigger than the other, and they showed it. 7-2 at home. That is a bad loss. When you're at home and they come in there and beat the crap out of you, I mean, these Germans had no mercy. They went into England, and they just dropped a couple of bombs. Seven bombs. Gnarby really, uh, I think he got a hat-trick. Just seven, Lewandowski had a beautiful goal. Seven bombs that they dropped on Tottenham. 
which was sad to see. You don't want to see seven, right? I don't mind them losing seven in a European match. It's kind of like what used to happen to Olbeko back in the day when they used to play in Europe. It's just sad. You don't want to see them just embarrass the team. And a lot of, you know, times are changing. Like I said, a lot of different leagues are getting bigger players, which doesn't necessarily mean that that league is going to win a European championship. But what it does mean is that the super teams are starting to falter, right? Because either they're coming up against other super teams or they're just missing that extra, that added super player that would make it a super team as opposed to a team with a couple of super players. Example, Real Madrid. Look at Real Madrid. What did, what did it end with Club Rouge? I believe 2-2. They tied at home against Club Rouge. Are you kidding me? Club Rouge, a team that I took and spanked around in the Europa League a few years ago, and Real Madrid lo- losing losing um, Cristiano Ronaldo, their players. Not, it, it's, and again, you'd think that on paper that would be the superior team. But times are changing. Times are changing, and I don't think... It, I think this is a good time for teams like Olbiaco to step up and get some of that European money. But my God, it didn't go uh, it didn't go their their way in, in Belgrade. And yeah, the changes in the rotation had something to do with it. I don't think it was... Even though Semedo missed those two headers at the end, which you know led to the team scoring, um, I don't think it was all on his shoulders. I think as a team, you started to see them get shaky later on into the game. I think it was that inexperience that really ended up hurting them. But this stuff happens. Like, look at AC Milan over the weekend... AC Milan facing Fiorentina. Fiorentina, who's uh, it's home to uh, Frank Ribery. He's playing Fiorentina now, which is fun to watch. I, li- I always liked him. He's a good player. And AC Milan at home ended up falling 3-1 to Fiorentina. The- these kind of things, it's not just happening in the Greek League. There's kind of a changing of the guard right now in terms of big players moving different to different countries and playing with, with different group of guys. And it just something clicks, something works, and you get these upsets. You get these, and it's great. It is great to watch. It's great for soccer fans. It's great for everyone involved. And I only see this as a positive. I don't see any negatives, as, a, as opposed to what used to happen, or even in the Greek League, right? Until about three years ago, three, four years ago, in the Greek League, it was kind of a fix. You know, Olbiaco was winning every season. They had, I mean, their administration, they had people in, in the government. They had people in media. They had people, it was just... You know, referees that were with them. It's like they had their own... It was crazy, right? And now they're trying to break that up. Even though Pauk was trying to do the same thing uh, for a couple of years now. They're they're trying to get people in their pockets as well. Just let them play. Let these teams play. Let them get... I'd love to see these teams get... I'd love to see Panathinaiko get healthy. I want to see Ike have, you know, our new stadium ready. You know, I I would love to see Olympiaco win in Europe. Only in Europe, non-domestically. I don't <laughs> but in Europe, I'd love to see them win, get some more points for Greece, and also do well. I mean, even though they coughed up that one nothing lead in Belgrade, I do still believe that they can steal third place. I mean, the way it is right now, the way it stands, they could even steal second. I mean, I believe Red Star is second right now with three points, so uh, they could definitely steal second place as long as they play well against Tottenham when they go to England, and we'll see what happens. Now they got... Here's the thing, what's difficult, is that the next two games, right... Back-to-back games, Olympiaco has to face Bayern Munich home and away. Very hard. Whereas Tottenham gets Belgrade twice. So if Tottenham steals six points, I don't think Olympiaco could do the same. It'll be pretty, pretty tough on them. If Belgrade pulls, pulls some kind of an upset 
and Olbeko doesn't get decimated. Maybe ties both games or, you know, gets a loss in a tie, something like that. I think they're still in it. They could still steal it after because they'll have to face, uh, you know, Red Star and Tottenham. Anyways, that's a lot of speculation. Point is, it's been an exciting, eventful time in Greek soccer, in European soccer. It's been a good couple of weeks. Uh, and now we've got the, um, you know, the last qualifiers coming for the Euro, which, uh, on, you know, it's not going to go well. You can already tell. Um, at least we're trying new players for Greece because it's basically over. The campaign is done. We're not going to qualify after that shameful, shameful display. So I think Pavastatopoulos, Manolas, a lot of the big players have been cut from the squad. And coming up now are some young guys that are going to give chances to, which, I mean, that's the best you could do because it doesn't matter at this point. Win, loss, it's not going to change anything. So might as well see if we could win with a bunch of young guys because clearly it wasn't working with the highly paid, highly skilled all-stars that we had. And you know what? I don't care if you're an all-star for your team in England, if you're an all-star for your team in Italy. If you can't bring that back and you can't help the country win, we don't need you on that team. I'd rather have, you know, the name is not going to get us anywhere. I'd rather have players that are willing to play and to win. And with that said, that is the report on soccer for this week. So I hope you guys have enjoyed it.